Welcome homeowners, home buyers, landlords, and tenants alike, people who just want to be better at living in a home. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Join Madison Radio's Adam Elliott, real estate broker and landlord Ben Anton, as they break down the modern day barriers of home ownership. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and if you're not careful, you'll learn. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a schoolyard fight? Thanks for waiting. That was the waiting song from Madison musician Seesaw. Welcome to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. I'm Adam Elliott. And I'm Ben Anton. And welcome, Ben. We're in season two, episode four of Real Estate in the 608. And I think it's worth noting we're recording this during what is a very unique situation with the coronavirus. Yeah, you are sitting awkwardly far from me. (laughs) We are maintaining our social distancing. And we do not have anyone joining us in... Studio. The studio. Right. Well, that's the magic of audio recordings and podcasts that you can do these things remote. We can use a telephone to talk to somebody. We shall employ theater of the mind. You may imagine that Adam, someone I have described as my dirty, <laughs> right? And I are, are <laughs> I don't sitting, know if I like that title during these days. <laughs> are sitting are sitting far closer to one another yeah. than necessary. No. Uh, well, speaking of which, I would like to thank you since we're setting the stage of like what the studio looks like. Ben provided me a Clorox wipe of my own as I entered the studio, which is very kind of you. So we're keeping nice and uh, sanitary here, I guess. No, as we, we got, go through their podcast. We've got rules. You are no good to me, dead Adam Elliot. <laughs> I hear totally, totally off the because Adam Elliot is your radio name. But today I was thinking of E.T. Elliot. Elliot. Yeah. Yes, I had my na- that name before E.T. came out. But oh, you did? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it actually, it's my first and middle name is Adam okay. Elliot. So Adam, it is part Elliot. Yes, okay. everybody's been streaming a lot of TV lately. <laughs> I think, right? <laughs> that would be a good one. I've been looking for one for the girls. So back on track. In each episode, we will we will start out generally discussing the headlines of the day. Yep, we'll recap some of the highest and low price sales in Dane County. We'll move to some friends at the Lauer Realty Group and get things like the top of the hour tip mm-hmm. and the market update. And we feature local music from artists in the 608 that you'll be hearing throughout the show today. And we're gonna, we, we are always looking or it's an, in an effort to surround ourselves with people smarter than we are. That is often Phil Plord. He is going to take a much, uh, I, I offered him or I said, please take as much time as you would like this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are going to be curious about the coronavirus and COVID-19. What is that going to do big picture. What's the effect? Right? I've asked the same thing of the market update. We're going to bring in Liz Lauer specifically, uh, and we're going to spend quite a bit of time on the Madison market, the governor's order, what that means to us in real estate here in Madison. Okay, that sounds good. And like those are the people who are pretty much smarter than us, right? That's why those we are- bring them in here. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk, well, furnaces. Uh, we have tried to bring in different service providers, all different aspects of the home. One of my recent projects here at the at the Mona's house, um, the house I closed on in December, uh, was a new furnace. Last one lasted 17 years. Well, that was a good run. Yeah. Is that a good run? May probably will be one of my questions. Well, we can find out. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it was a pretty good run, but we'll confirm when we talk to our, our furnace repairman. From uh, from Dale's Heating and heating and Air. Okay, well, tell me a little bit about yourself, Ben. Ben Anton, landlord, broker associate at the Lauer Realty Group, and as I am learning these last few weeks, 
a lousy but passable baker. Oh, yeah. Everybody's getting their baking skills on. I'm Adam Elliott, a homeowner. Uh, I will just say that I am very thankful to be able to keep working at this time. I know that is not the situation for everyone. I work at the University of Wisconsin supporting the professors who are getting their classes uh, done right now. So I'm very thankful that, uh, you know, that is one of my gigs. I know that's not the situation for everyone. And if it's not for you, I hope uh, things will improve soon. I do too. While classified, while real estate and real estate services were classified as essential, mm-hmm. um, for the most part, and we'll learn about this when Liz talks. But we are considering that to be people who are already contractually bound to do things may allow them may, may be allowed sure. to do them. We that are, makes sense. We are not looking to uh, to get out there. Speaking of which, I like the the other essential services liquor stores in Wisconsin. That's a big deal. <laughs> I, I actually saw someone who just plain out said, do you really need a bunch of angry alcoholics knocking on your door? And no, we don't. No, we do not. So good. So this week's guest is Brian Olson from Dale's Heating and Air. Brian Olson, uh, a familiar name, at least in Madison, there's been a radio person named Brian Olson. There's been a TV weather forecaster named Brian Olson. This is not either of those people, though. Neither of those people. But still a fantastic guy, I'm sure. That- fantastic guy. And we'll get to We're going to bring him in. Theater of the Mind style. So it's been going on since last time. Obviously, we have big news. Yeah. Know? Well, we'll talk. We'll talk about the coronavirus more than we'd like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the uh, but that's the big news since last time we sat. Right. Uh, Dale's going to join us by phone. All of our features are pre-recorded and from afar. We're living in the new the new normal. We are at the opposite ends of these in the six hundred eight table here. Mm-hmm. We'll have more on what this means in real estate for the market update from Liz, as uh, as well as I said, Phil Plored with his look beyond the six hundred eight will be an expanded version as we stir in some COVID nineteen. Gotcha. Um, big news for me, like we kind of at the aforementioned coronavirus. Uh, what we're doing at the university is called instructional continuity, making sure people can still teach their courses. The other big news, Lindsay Lemmer. Uh, my significant other, who's the Madison City Council member, has opted to run for the assembly. Wow. That's, that. that was big news in our house. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, you can see her stuff at lindsayforassembly.com. One thing I did want to do is last time that we gathered here, Ben, we talked about ice cream. Some folks uh, really engaged with that. Two folks, Heather Huber and Alan Jeanette, shared our content out on Facebook. So we want to say hello and thank you to them. Hello, Heather and Alan. Yes, that was they. Uh, I think they like the, they were talking about the juicy goss that was happening in that episode. Well, it, it was a little bit. We there was some juice keep in it there. juicy, yeah, but at juicy. the same time restrained and respectful. And then also uh, a hello to Stefan Precourt. Uh, Stefan is with the media team for the city of Madison and he's working on things right now like keeping the government functioning so like all the uh, city council members can still get together and have a quorum except virtually oh. uh, he said he told us through my sources which is Lindsay of course who works in the city council uh, You've got a woman on the inside I do yeah uh, long time listener he has been he said he's been with us from the beginning enjoys the show very much well that's fantastic thank yeah. you Stefan yeah thanks for listening why don't we check out what's going on from the headlines I want to keep you From the headlines, so I think Ice Cream Wars introduced a lot of people to the program, a lot of new listeners. Mm-hmm. The Ice Cream episode 
while the most recent is now the second most listened to episode in real estate in the 608 history. Wow. Second only to the gentrification episode. Oh, well, interesting. Perhaps right. perhaps something that Stefan would have enjoyed as a fellow city and Madison employee. I think so. Uh, da- that was Dan McAuliffe, city planner. Uh, and in third place, for those of you keeping track at home, Nicole Gruder, the Marie Kondo of the Midwest. Nicole is a treat to follow on Facebook with her business called Positive Spaces. Positive Spaces, but, but because everybody because everybody's locked up in their houses now, she is hosting a, a virtual <laughs> a virtual saloon in the evenings. Oh, sorry, I think it's sorry. called uh, Nikki Sips. Nikki Sips. Nikki Sips Virtual Saloon. Yes. So, uh, you, well, you remember she was this. Uh, she was a performance major. She That's was. Right. Uh, she she. She is employing some theater of the mind. <laughs> and doing a fine job of as it, As she too. runs her virtual tavern <laughs> via Facebook Live. So keep an eye out for Nicole Gruder and, uh, and imagine how much fun it'll be to organize your space. Uh, we're devoting some of our regular features to the more important headlines of the day. So we'll stick to some lighter fare. Uh, headlines offer and include, and this is really just kind of recapping because, mm-hmm. hey, might have some new listeners. Sure. Uh, our headlines will often include commercial sales of note as well as the lowest and the, and the highest price sale in, in Dane County or thereabout. So All right. a lot of times talk about taverns, taverns for sale. Everybody likes to know how much a good tavern costs. Commercial businesses, right? Yeah. But how much does it cost to buy an empty Kentucky Fried Chicken? <laughs> I guess, do you get the 20-piece with the sale or is it like there might just be, the building? There might be a few left on the shelf. Who knows? <laughs> right. But anyway, but $615,000 is the current list price for the former Kentucky Fried Chicken at Oak and East Washington, that's across oh. the street, the liquor store with the orange sign. Trixie's Liquor. Trixie's, across yeah. the street from Trixie's Liquor. Okay. Is the old Kentucky Fried Chicken. Did that uh, get repurposed as anything? Or is that just, I mean, obviously if it's up for sale, it's sitting empty right now. Well, there was a rumor, and it may have even gotten like the city approval. I think we can follow it now, but it, it hasn't closed yet. But Dunkin' Donuts had expressed an interest in that location, mm. uh, much to the chagrin of mocha, because that would be right. that would be like two coffee places get immediately coffee on the right you... side of the street. Like right. you could like decide like who's got the shortest who's got the shortest line, <laughs> or you could be like I need donuts too. That's right, and then, and then you're just skip it. You're you skip, can... you're, you're not going to mocha at all. It's not an issue of who's got the shortest line. Or if they come to like a handshake agreement, they just extend their drive-through and like you get your donut and then you get your coffee and then I... you hit the roads. Yeah, I'm guessing that the. <laughs> But Dunkin' Donuts might not be all about not gonna like, be down with that. sharing like that, but it's a good idea. Good right. idea. So uh, the the cheapest sale in Dane County wasn't that cheap. It wasn't even. It's one hundred forty four thousand dollars. Isn't that kind of getting to like the new cheap? It's pretty. It's it's, it's cheap. It's still up there. It's yeah. cheap. Right. But I mean, um, we've had the, we've had a couple really low ones, and they were down in along Lake Koshkanong. Sure, still yep. Dane County. But yes, for for Madison proper, hundred forty four thousand dollars, pretty cheap. Yeah. And that was, and this was a little two bedroom with a basement. See, because those slab houses, we've had a couple slab mm-hmm. homes that were really cheap in the lower one forty four, thirty five thirty two Ridgeway. You know where that is? Uh, you're gonna have to ring a bell here. I'm gonna say behind the psychic on the yeah. east side of Madison. Yeah, so okay. like you're on right. East Washington, yeah. right? I know and exactly like, where you're talking. <laughs> there's like the neon sign that says psychic, yeah. and then the car wash. Tarot cards read daily. Yes. Yeah, you tur- turn right there. <laughs> okay. Reasons that a house would be cheapest there 
Uh, it wasn't. It was in decent shape. Nothing wrong with it. Seven hundred forty-five square feet, so it's not big. Relatively small. Okay. Yeah. It was on the market for seventy-three days. It is inside the sixty-five decibel DNL, the potential, the potentially super loud zone. Yeah. It's inside there, and that it's it's also in that in a little loop that is not connected to much of anything. Because hmm. you you go up there behind the tarot card reader. What else? There's is a little there? U shape. Right. Yeah. If if you are not going to your neighbor's house, you are getting in the car. Yeah, I mean, you're like uh, you're backed up to the golf course right there, or the airport, or there's not a ton of things. The, there's a bike path, yeah, okay. behind that connects to the big loopity loop yep. ramp mm-hmm. that goes over thirty and then over East Washington. Um, but then, yeah, just kind of some grassy area. The 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 Army Reserve. Oh sure, yep, yeah, is back there, mm-hmm. and then the last corner of the golf course. So it's kind of just this desolate little island, and I've never felt super good about. Being up there because it just doesn't have the things. So I mean, without like value judging, like the the location there, real estate wise, is that a good or a bad location? Hard to say, right? Well, I don't think it's a good one. It's not a good one. It doesn't yeah. offer any amenity. Okay, it's that simple. Yeah, like if you're looking for cheap and adjacent to highway, great. If mm-hmm. those are your two contenders, inexpensive, easy access to the interstate. Boom. You're on. But You're that's on. not what a lot of consumers are looking for today. All right. Uh, what about the highest sale? Highest sale, Shorewood. Okay. Because we, we, we're often on the lake or, mm-hmm. or damn near it. Um, this one is not on the water, but on the other side of the street. So I started to look at it, and I'm like, it's like a million one. That's not, I mean, it's, it's a fine house, uh-huh. but it doesn't look like a million dollar house. No. Turns out there's a lot next door. Okay. So for a million one, you get a house that's decent, really I mean, super nice, 4,000 square feet in Shorewood. It's mm-hmm. beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it needs some updating. It was kind of like, ah, that wallpaper isn't exactly my taste. Gotcha. Uh, but anyway, so 1931 Cape Cod, uh, 4,000 square feet, three-car attached garage, Big. huge, okay. million one. Any way to put a metric on the price difference, the, the house value of the one that's on the lake versus the one that's across the street from the lake? I wish I was that good at math. Yeah, it's uh, hard to say. There are so many different variables, and I'm sure I'm sure it could be figured out. You get a guy like what was it Matt Silver? I think somebody who's really smart at math could probably identify the most crucial variables and figure out some kind of algorithm. But that right. is not me. That's not probably not me either. That's what's been going on from the headlines. Uh, let's talk about our in studio guest, and we'll put quotes on in studio. Uh, but hey, you're listening. You you won't know the difference. We could say he's in studio, but he's really not. We'll be yeah. honest about he's it. He's going to sound a little different. <laughs> he's going to sound a little different. He is uh, Brian Olson from Dale's Heating and Air. First, we're going to take a break. We're going to have top of the hour tip. Also, pre-recorded and phoned in from the lovely Lindsay Cooper, real estate agent at the Lauer Realty Group. Hi, this is Liz Lauer, founder of the Lauer Realty Group. I take pride in having highly educated realtors who are passionate about their clients' pursuits. That passion translates into buying the right home, condo, or investment property, or when selling those same properties for clients, creating a highly stylized marketing plan that yields the best results. The core of the success comes from continually educating ourselves, our clients, and staying focused on key topics and strategies that will help us advocate for them like no other firm. Real estate in the 608 is a window into our world that gives our listener market updates, current lending trends, home maintenance tips, remodeling help, and so much more. When you need our services, give us a call. Till then, sit back and enjoy and learn. Hi, Ben. 
Now that we're all stuck at home anyways, it's a great time to get some of our household chores accomplished. Take a walk around the exterior of your house and see where you might need a good cleaning. The north side of my house always does. Opening up your windows, giving them a good scrub, cleaning up the screens, that'll make your outlook a little bit better. Giving that grout between your tiles in your bathroom and kitchen some attention, clearing out your appliances, giving them a good clean, as well as vacuuming out your dryer exhaust line. That's the line that attaches from your dryer to the exterior of your house. Getting a shop vac in there is really going to make a difference, not only in your dryer efficiency, but in the safety of your house. It is a very common place for fires if there's a lot of lint built up in there. There's no way. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608. My name is Adam Elliott. He is Ben Anton. And Ben, let's talk about the house that Rhonda bought. We have talked a lot about the house that Rhonda bought. And uh, last time we spoke of it, uh, we talked about the, her need to take 28 copies of the design plan of the city, r- receive her yellow sign, which is like an alert to the neighbors that something is happening mm-hmm. here. 60-day process, right? I'm imagining that that 60 days is probably going to be 90 now. Mm-hmm. Every, everything has kind of slowed down right. a little bit. Yeah. But we also talked about that the, the, there were the super tight numbers, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. So she buys the, buys the lot with the little dirty house on it for about $85,000, right? And then you start to look at what it's going to cost to build a house. Mm-hmm. And you want, it, you want it to be decent. You don't want it to be. I mean, you could build a dumpy little house there. But what's the use, right? So, you, right. so you want it. You want to build something that's decent, befitting the neighborhood that will that will add value to its surroundings, but at the same time not be diminished by its surroundings either. Right. So, um, you were coming back with numbers that were getting pretty tight. Pretty, pretty tight. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be three hundred and something, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it's going to cost. So here, she doesn't know I'm doing this because she doesn't listen. Uh, Phil, will hear me. Question was asked. Would somebody else, knowing that they could build a house there for 300 and something, mm-hmm. a beautiful house, three bedroom, one and a half bath, or was it a two bath? Anyway, the plans are drawn. Finish the space in the basement and you'll have 1,600, 1,700 feet, mm-hmm. you know, so with an attached garage. So it's not for sale in that sense, but if somebody really wanted to just say, you know what? I want a brand new house for three hundred and something thousand dollars because she could do that, but then how is she going to pay to sell it? Right, she's yeah. going to have to pay real estate commissions to sell it. She's even if I cut her a super big deal because I feel bad that I helped her into this hole. That's going to cost money. And then there's the idea of like, is it worth the work? Right. So that's sounding like where you're at. Is it worth the work? We don't know. Yeah. And all of a sudden now, cash on hand is starting to look a lot more important, right? Right. Yeah. Even when you're in the dairy commodities business, you probably want to have a little change in your pocket, right? So uh, it might not be a great time to tie up $300,000 in cash mm-hmm. or leverage yourself into an additional loan. So if you think Lansing Street's a beautiful place to live and you would want to talk about what it might be to walk into a set of approved plans for a house that might cost you a little over $300,000, well... Might be an option for you these days. Shoot us an email. <laughs> Talk to Ben Anton at ben at benanton.com. You got it. So that is the house that Rhonda bought. Let's take a break, and we'll be back with our guest, Brian Olson, with Dale's Heating and Air. 
You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. He is Ben Anton. My name is Adam Elliott, and we are joined, uh, well, in studio on phone in studio by Brian Olson of Dale's Heating and Air. Brian, thanks for joining us today. Thank you guys for having me. The way we do this is, uh, is our guest, we introduce, and then we play a little game to decide, because uh, we know, we know that you're handy, we know that you know all about mm-hmm. furnaces, but we have to find out. What do we have to find out, Adam? we got to find out if he's any fun. That is what we do. So we find out if he is fun by playing a game we call The Way It Used to Be. There used to be, there used to be, there used to be, there used to be, used to be nothing but smiling faces far as the eye could see, car in every driveway, swinging every tree. The way it used to be is a get-to-know-you game, a quiz game, a Madison history and environs quiz game. Are you ready, Brian Olson? I am ready. All right. Question number one. These are all pretty easy, just for the record. I, I, Thank you. I didn't want. There's some pretty softball, softball crowd. <laughs> that's, that's um, right. you, you, you guys, you guys had me nervous for a second. I don't want to fail it. No, this is. You will, you will likely hear the bell on these, Brian. Uh, what, right. what Verona employer can on a windy and sunny day make all of its own power from 18 acres of on-site solar panels and six off-site wind turbines? Would that be epic? Yeah, that's Correct. right. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna re- we're gonna so that was a pretty easy one. Uh, and ac- according to according to my source article here, twenty seven percent of job growth in Dane County from two thousand one to two thousand twelve. This is old information, but still a big number. Mm-hmm. And and the real estate growth too. That I would imagine. Yeah. Sure. Um, have you have you put a furnace in a in an Epic house or two, Brian? We uh, we meet a lot of employees from Epic in the area that we work. Yes, we do. Question two. What Verona Summer Festival plans to host in the 608 Musician? Not that they're on our program, but that they're down the street from the house. Right. Wheelhouse. Do we need to put an asterisk assuming that the assuming, festival will take place? Assuming that it would. <laughs> as, as of right now, yeah. tentatively, <laughs> uh, would that be the Hometown USA Festival? That is correct. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> nice. Two for two. There, we got a good ring out of it. Question three. In 2007, what second location of the infamous breakfast option, Smut and Eggs, closed its doors, <laughs> blaming the city of Madison's smoking ban? What second? You know, that's funny. My, my office is right next to the, uh, the, the Smut and Eggs. Yeah, I know. Uh, that would that's be why you get Bennett's the- on, uh, Bennett's on Park Street. Bennett's, yeah. <laughs> Correct away. Hey, that's yeah. three for three. Solid three. Three for three. Yeah. Evidently, you are very fun. And and for those who see, <laughs> see, so I wonder sometimes if like, because I drove a taxi cab, I got all over the place, been in Madison 20-some years. Uh-huh. But do the new people know that there's a divey bar off of Verona Road where you can go watch Porn in the morn. That's the other yeah. thing they call it. Yeah. Porn in the morn. Yeah. And the, the the funny thing is, is I go into my office right next door early on Saturday mornings, and I could do not. That parking lot is full That's every packed. Saturday morning. They open at six. There's a line to get in sometimes. It's, okay. it's nuts. And there's your answer, but Ben. It's good, uh, people do as well. Good food as well. So, let's imagine that you went there for lunch on a weekday, Brian. Just for <laughs> just for my opinion of you, let's imagine you went there for lunch on a weekday. How old were you when you bought your first house, Brian? 
I, well, I bought the house that I grew up in. Um, I was uh, 25. You, this uh, is the same, about hmm. the same point that I took over the business. Second, second guest in a row that lives in their childhood home. Yeah. Is that the one you're still in? No, we have since moved from You've there. Since, yeah. We, so, we had our, we had our third child and ran out of room. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we had to move. So at 25, you bought your, you bought your childhood home was, was now your father passed away. Is that the same time that you took, took over the business We're, as well? All, all right around then. Yep. Well, it's, it's unfortunate that that obviously happened, but then good too that you could you could jump in and kind of fill the shoes, and yeah. then you must have done a pretty good job if you were able to have some extra kids after that. Well, I tell you, <laughs> there were certainly uh, bumps in the road. Um, they, they say when you when you first when you first go into business, you don't make any money. It's certainly true, uh, but uh, a lot of perseverance, hard work is what it takes, you know. So. Uh, yeah, we're done having kids though at this point. But. Which so, so um, I I only know about one child because she oh, is okay. your she's your co-star in some of the <laughs> television commercials. So which yeah, no, which yeah. number kid is she? She's the uh, she's the oldest. The two okay. younger boys are uh, um, uh, not quite ready for. Uh, <laughs> They're not, <laughs> not re- ready, ready for, for the spotlight. Screen. So what? So, yeah, so yeah, what yeah. is what is her name? So that we can shout out to her. Her, her name is Olivia. Olivia. All right. So All right. well, she likes to see herself on television. Hello, Olivia. She so does now a great she can job. now she can listen to her mention in a, in a fancy real estate podcast. I'm sure that's right, <laughs> right up right up on her on her list. So what? So when you bought yeah. when you bought this house on Jefferson Street, what kind of furnace did it have? Uh, it had a Heil furnace in it. And and I'm going to throw around some stereotypes. That's a pretty decent furnace, right? It's not a bad furnace made by ICP, uh, so no, it's not a bad furnace. That's uh, we've got a couple of those chugging along down on Livingston Street, but maybe mm-hmm. it, the uh, I'm always kind of curious, like if when someone who fixes furnaces buys a house, if they see a furnace, and they're like, "Well, the first thing I'm going to do." <laughs> right. What was the uh, first was the first thing you did? Put in a new furnace? It, you know, the, my my mentality always is, if it's working, it's working, um, and the thing works. So no, I have not. If it ain't uh, broke, I have right? not replaced the furnace. How many how many years old do you figure that furnace is now? Ah, uh, that furnace is less than ten years old. Okay, so plenty plenty of life. We had just asked it's a question. A lot of life in it. We talked a little bit about the fact that you that you were recently to my house or Mona's house on Main Street, and that my uh, I had Armstrong. an Armstrong furnace. Don't make parts for those in Madison. Got to go to Milwaukee. Uh-huh. That was one of the reasons we we decided to upgrade. Seventeen years. And uh, Adam said, "Is that a good? Is that a good lifespan?" Right. What do you think, Brian? Seventeen years? Did it's, I get lucky? It's, it's average. It's average. And you know, it's, when it gets to seventeen years old, then you get to the decision that, that you had to make was, uh, "Am I going to spend this amount of dollars to fix it?" Uh, certainly, a temporary fix is at the end of its usefulness. Uh, or should we? Or should we upgrade to something new with uh, brand new warranties? Right, mm-hmm. so that yeah. so to fill you all in on what I decided, it was four hundred fifty bucks to fix it, kick the can down the road, or I think about just under three thousand dollars to to get a brand new one to get the new. Yeah, so I decided to go for the brand new one. But yep, we got today's standard. So, and one of the things that I and and Brian, you feel free to disagree with me because I'm not right about everything. So if you think uh, if I, if I'm going to say a few things here. From from my real estate sales perspective, and you tell me if I'm just if I'm crazy, because we had a guy from uh-huh. Fo- we had a guy from Focus on Energy in here, and he says that ain't right, Ben. 
He said that to me a dozen times about like my perception. So I decided to go, I think with a, did I get a 93, 93%? You, you got a, today's is, uh, standard is, it would be 95%. All right. So I, I got station. the 95. So you got to define what does it mean to be 93 or 95%? That is, oh, I'm sorry. It uses 95 percent of the heat that it makes. Okay. 95 percent efficient. Yeah. So if you want to, if you want to think about it from a money perspective, that's like 95 cents of every dollar goes to heating your house. Gotcha. And, mm-hmm. and a nickel goes out the chimney. You're like, it doesn't literally go out the chimney because because 95. That's a very good analogy, Ben. I like that. 95. <laughs> per, you can use that one at your next sales pitch. Uh, Thank you. Thank except, you. Then you have to go, well, it doesn't really go out the chimney because a 95% efficient furnace doesn't use a chimney. Well, that's so right. It might yeah. actually be a little clumsier because a, a higher efficiency furnace will breathe through the sidewall of the house and PVC pipes. Oh. So in a new house... They don't have chimneys like an old house used to. Right. All right. So that's one of the things that happens when you upgrade your furnace is if you're going from an older 80%, which is something that uses the chimney, still like with a metallic flue mm-hmm. going out the chimney, and you go up to a, a higher efficiency unit that used to be 90, then 93, now 95 is the standard, you're not using the chimney anymore. So here's my question for you, Brian. Was I wise to just go ahead and get the 95 and not go to the, what was the next level up? Uh, the next level up was at 96%. And that would be a two-stage furnace, Ben. So a 95% is a one-stage furnace, uh, meaning one, uh, cons- one, one flow of gas. Uh, when you go to two-stage, you have a low fire and a high fire. And, and I do think that you made a good decision because, like, where your house is located, maybe the ductwork and that kind of stuff is not what it should be. Um, and, and we might have troubles with, like, the second floor being that we are only running in a lower fire where we're not using as many uh, BTUs. We're not using as much of our capacity. Uh, all furnaces now have a high-efficiency blower motor. Remember, you just didn't get right. a variable speed blower motor. But you have a high efficiency now because the government comes in and says that it has to be this efficiency. So, so they all have that. And what that is for, for people who don't who don't know, a blower motor in the furnace is is a is a big electrical use. And it used to be that that was an AC or alternating current, something like you'd plug into the wall, that kind of power. Mm-hmm. Uh, the newer, more higher efficiency blower motors are a DC or direct current. So there's a transformer inside the furnace that steps down the voltage and makes for a much higher efficiency uh, blower motor. Gotcha. Probably makes mm-hmm. it quiet. Does it make it quieter too? It is a little bit quieter because of that, but also insulation and that kind of stuff. Better insulation inside the furnace is where we get the decibel ratings lower. So Brian brought up brought up some really good points about this house and why the simpler, ninety five percent efficient furnace would be would be better because the nuance delivered by the ninety six with the multiple stage and the different is that in however many years when I sell this house, people are going to look at it and they're going to go great. A 10-year-old high-efficiency furnace. That's all they're going to care about. Mm-hmm. They're going to right. want to know yeah. that it. They're going to want to know that it's of a relative efficiency. And how old is it? Mm-hmm. And a name right. and a name brand. They and and it's what. To remind me what the name is. Carrier. We are we are Bryant dealers. Okay, Bryant, Bryant dealers. <laughs> it's a five, also. Are they manufactured by the same people? Uh, ICP. 
Okay, so I, does ICP also make the other furnace that we talked about? What did we mention uh, earlier? IC, ICP, off the top of my head, they make Carrier, Bryant, Heil, um, and I think uh, Payne equipment, which we I think we've done in uh, in your rental properties, Ben. So yep. what you're kind of saying is, like, there's one company that makes almost, <laughs> all, maybe not all, but they make a lot of the furnaces, and they're just marketed <laughs> under different names. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. And so they can have multiple dealers, yep. Well, that's that's interesting. And, and, and ICP is no different than uh, Lenox has different brands. You know, all these brands of furnaces have their, their different names for them that are made all in the same uh, factory. So. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. He is Ben Anton. We're speaking to Brian Olson of Dale's Heating and Air. We just learned that... Some of the furnaces that you'll get are very similar in nature, but come with different names on them. Um, Brian, you've been telling us, we've been talking kind of about efficiency of furnaces. And and you had mentioned the difference between a furnace that is 95% efficient and one that is 96% efficient. Is there a big difference? I guess we're just going to say it's not a big difference. I know, right. That's kind of what I'm asking is like, you know, the difference between the standard thing to like the next upgrade, like what's that gap in between? Well, and and what we look at when we move to like a a multiple stage furnace or or a a modulating furnace, which would be the highest uh, step up, uh, we look at comfort. Um, And then also we look at uh, air quality and, and fan speeds and that kind of stuff, how fast the air is moving. But we incorporate that with like air cleaning products, humidifying products, all that kind of stuff. So they all they all kind of work together is what they do. Gotcha. What's what's the metric of comfort? Is like well, I'm, is. I'm a nine or I'm a ten today. How do, <laughs> it's how do not you, like a yeah. well, you look at you look at um, you know like uh, cold spots in your house, uh, gotcha. bedrooms that, that aren't as uh, as warm as the other one. Uh, that that's where the two stage stuff you know, in, in a properly ducted home, you know, that's got the proper ducting in it. Uh, that, that's what we would look at. Is you we're looking at all around comfort. I think that I think one. You know, I don't. I don't. This is not a commercial for Ben's furnace guys. So you know, like that's <laughs> that's. I don't. And we, we bring we bring a lot of people in here, but like like that like this this kind of plain plain speak is really what what I look for in a vendor and what I what I would then want to share with people cuz like it's so easy to get bungled up in, right. in sales pitches so what's the real difference it's, okay so I'm hearing at some point they're just so damn near efficient that it that that this is the issue that it's really just about this relatively intangible issue of comfort uh-huh. right <laughs> and your house ben might be so old that you're just lucky it's comfortable period <laughs> <laughs> and and that extra and i think it was an extra 400 or four 400 bucks from 2800 to 3200 or something it was it was yeah. not a whole lot so it was good to know that that extra 400 bucks might not have bought me nothing <laughs> my house doesn't have any insulation I'm, lu- I'm lucky that it's comfortable. <laughs> one, one thing you can talk about, though, is like the difference between if you were to put something new in today, the comparison to like how that worked compared to like, say, something that was new 10 to 15 years ago. We, we talk about the, the blower motor, uh, the, the, the ECM, the, basically a low voltage motor. Uh, equate that to a high efficiency light bulb. Uh, they want you to put high efficiency light bulbs in because they burn less electricity. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ECM motor, they say uh, a standard 120 volt motor costs about 400, 450 bucks a year. T 
barbecue, heat and cool the house. Those are numbers that factories throw at us, you know. Um, they said the ECM motor, uh, the high-efficiency motor, costs you about $50 a year to operate. So even if I've got a 10-year-old furnace that's a 93% efficient furnace, I might not see a savings by going up to a 95 so much. Today you would because today you would because the mandate is every all furnaces have to have a certain uh, fur rating on the uh, electrical motor. That all just changed about mm-hmm. six months ago, eight months ago. They came in and said we have to meet a certain electrical standard uh, on the uh, uh, power usage of the motors. Continuous fan operation recommended. It's always filtering the air. We can set that at a lower speed so it's not... Uh, you know, see the drapes moving, you know, you don't necessarily know that it's running, but it's always doing what it should. Uh, again, and all electrically efficient to do it. Okay. So I think what I'm hearing is like the mechanics of the furnace have improved and that's leading to some efficiencies. And I think the, you know, the other, at least the technological piece that goes with the furnace is that thermostats have gotten smarter in the last 10, 15 years as well. Maybe you can talk about like how that can influence the performance and life of your furnace. smart thermostat learns your schedule it learns your tendencies and then it adjusts itself how to run most efficiently it geofences you it knows when you're when you're getting into a certain area to turn the heat on it knows how long it's going to take to uh, warm the temperature up two degrees uh, and it knows that because it constantly monitors how long it takes and it monitors your tendencies um, and then helps itself run uh, as efficiently as possible just a Hi, this is Liz Lauer, founder of the Lauer Realty Group. I take pride in having highly educated realtors who are passionate about their clients' pursuits. That passion translates into buying the right home, condo, or investment property, or when selling those same properties for clients, creating a highly stylized marketing plan that yields the best results. The core of the success comes from continually educating ourselves, our clients, and staying focused on key topics and strategies that will help us advocate for them like no other firm. Real Estate in the 608 is a window into our world that gives our listener market updates, current lending trends, home maintenance tips, remodeling help, and so much more. When you need our services, give us a call. Till then, sit back and enjoy and learn. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. It's time for the market update. In with us today is Liz Lauer. It's kind of a special market update. Lots going on in the market. The uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, what does that mean to us? So, Liz, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Ben. I want to hear about uh, what the coronavirus and the safer-at-home order will likely mean for our listeners. Um, But perhaps you could start with what it means to you and your team at LRG. Well, um, so first, Ben... Part of the thing I've been thinking about a lot is just the healthcare professionals who are serving on the front lines and just how important it is to appreciate and understand that, you know, what an impact they're making um, to, you know, help everything. So we all know that on March 24th, Governor Evers released a Safer at Home initiative and left real estate as essential businesses and services that Mm -hmm. should continue working. It's a 30-day order. So real estate and affiliated businesses that support the buying and selling of property are included on that list of essential business proprietors. Lauer Realty Group has to, you know, make choices and and work with their clients in that format and understand what that means. And so 
we understand the importance of reinforcing all the CDC guidelines and to flatten the curve and slow the spread of COVID-19 is kind of our utmost importance. In doing that, our company is reaching out to the community and asking that, you know, we really suspend, you know, non-essential um, in-person meetings, really focus on the clients that are in critical housing needs or are already mid-transaction and working with us. You know, we recognize that some people need us currently and, and you know, these people are in the middle of their buy-sell process. They already had plans to relocate and, and things are just in motion or they're going to have physical or financial requirements or family changes that really make this imperative that their process remains in motion. So we've spent the last two weeks and, you know, almost daily updating all of our protocols and practice to really help these people who, um, as I put it to one client today, we need to shepherd people to a green pasture. Our first and foremost commitment is to the people and to our community. And uh, we just want to find the best ways to help them remain safe and healthy while we get them through this process. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. I think I feel the same way. I can be essential if I need to be for someone with, with little to no housing options or some kind of housing emergency. Uh, aside from that, I am happy to be non-essential at home. Um, so we're all getting emails about COVID-19 and how XYZ company is now serving me better from, from pretty much any business that has ever learned our email address. Uh, let's skip over that and try to answer some real questions. Um, uh, I'm not buying or selling my house. Let's, I, just, I just live, I live here in Madison. What, what, does this, what does this mean to me as it relates to Madison real estate? I think you'll see a market that's 30 to 50 percent of the activity. Um, yeah, with activity this year, I think you'll see a decline in market, homes being sold and bought. And I think that's going to be about somewhere between 30 to 50 percent of sales this year. So to answer your question, we've already seen the market activity quiet down in the last two weeks. And this is actually the traditional time that the market is ramping up and it, it, activity is increasing. So I believe that new listings will be much slower to come to market during the safer at home order and that buyers who aren't in need of housing but want to make a change will just be more discerning and safer at home. Wait until it feels better to resume their housing search. All of our agents are available to discuss, plan, and set these activities into motion during the time so the community should feel free to reach out and make plans. And we have the technology in place to communicate and kind of direct buyers and sellers at this time without actually having to be out in the field and, and, you know, not keeping safe. It really is amazing. Uh, in, in doing some d online discernment, I've been calling it, of some listings that come up, it is really amazing if you step back and remind yourself all the things you can learn, not just on a, on a listing and not just on the MLS, but, but things like the uh, county's uh, Access Dane website and looking at the assessor's page, looking at historical sales, looking at com uh, comparative sales. It, it, really, it really is amazing how often we are accustomed to just going to see the house and, and learning a few things about it that you don't like when in reality you can, you can find a lot of things you don't like about a house online, saving yourself the trip. And I think that's the key is working with your agents to understand what those sites are and getting yourself geared up to when the order is lifted and the market is safer to, you know, tour homes and and look at properties in full. I think 
all the work that you could do in to kind of set yourself up to be a buyer who's informed can be done now with one of our agents. Yeah, and well, and one of the reasons that uh, that I think of value to listen to a podcast like this is is to be a better homeowner, to learn the ins and outs, so that when a decision needs to be made, you might be that much more ahead. I'm renting. Let's imagine. Or one of my tenants is renting. I, I have rentals, uh, and uh, I saw some conversations on the Sassy local uh, neighborhood Facebook group. I rent. What, if anything, does this mean to me? Landlords are not to enter occupied units for anything but emergency maintenance. Um, so the orders goes through April 24th, 2020. You know, if you're a renter, your unit can't be shown. Um, and you can't go see another unit. So a lot of tenants and landlords have called me in the last couple of weeks, just trying to understand how to manage these times and work work on, you know, what's the best process for me. And really, it's been a stressful time for people. So it's it's really been like, how do I how do I approach this correctly? And I think, you know, the takeaways that I've I've had and kind of triangulating has kind of been the word I've been using is that, you know, for tenants, if you're leaving, let your landlord know and give notice, you know, with time for landlords to market the unit. The one thing that I've been seeing is that I've seen landlords and tenants set up, you know, like, hey, I'll take photos and video of my apartment. And, you know, and obviously it has to be clean and organized. It can't be, you know, kind of, uh, you know, the ones sure. the, the ones that people <laughs> don't want to see when you're taking those videos. But, you know, landlords, you know, if you ask this approach, you know, your tenants may be happy to provide that to you. And knowing that, hey, maybe their lives aren't disrupted. They don't feel the stress of, of, of you know, unwanted visitors, even when even when the order is lifted. I mean, this has always been a contentious part about being a tenant and a landlord. I mean, you know, uh, there's rules in place and laws in place, but how do we work around this? And, you know, landlords, I guess I would, I would encourage landlords to, when they have vacant units, to have virtual tours um, created and make sure that you have plenty of pictures because, you know, those are going to come in handy. Even we see the younger crowd that's coming to Madison, you know, they're moving from afar and, and having, you know, a lot of information. And they're not buying a property, they're renting. So as long as they can see the visuals, they don't care what your furnace room looks like. So I think it's a back and forth. You know, I think I think people will need to be good neighbors and be good about um, helping each other out, which I think is kind of the message that I've been hearing and and trying to pass along to people as we work through this as a community. You know, and I don't think if you're a residential income property owner at this time, it's a good time to put your place on the market. I think it's a time to pause. And, uh, you know, I don't think most investors are going to be purchasing sight unseen properties. So we might see sales in that decline as well. I've always talked about with my tenants, the importance of communication, just making sure everybody's on the same page. So often that lack of communication might lead to two people with the same goals, not realizing that the other has the same goal and, and it just makes it harder to get there for everybody. So a few weeks ago already, I'd communicated with my tenants, letting them know that, that I would want to step up the communication, that I'd like to know as much as possible about their intentions to stay, to go, so that we've got more time to react. Um, I went ahead and pushed off renewals so that everybody who who is going to stay is comfortable knowing that their lease will go month to month, et cetera. But just an opportunity to communicate get on the same page or learn what pages you're each on 
um, and see what where there might be some overlap. What if I hoped to buy or hope to sell this summer? And I think we kind of already answered this question, but I've not gotten underway. What's the best What's the best advice for someone who had planned to buy or sell later this summer? Well, and I think, honestly, I mean, if you're considering it as a buyer or seller, there's no reason not to reach out. Realtors have space and time now. We have technology and we're set up to do virtual meetings. We're um, set up to talk about the market and give you resources and, and really prepare you to start looking at the inventory that will be coming out. And then when it's time, you know, when, when it's safe out there, we can resume showing homes. I think if you're not in process though, I would say for the sake of our health care professionals, for everyone's, for the whole community, it's the responsible thing to do at this time is to stay home. Thank you, Liz, for your time with us. Inquiring Minds wanted to know uh, if you, the listener, ever have a question that you think we could find the answer to, or I could I could surround myself or ourselves with someone smarter than, than Adam or I, email us at uh, expert at inthe608.com or send us a message on Facebook where you will find us at in the 608 Thank you again, Liz, for joining us, and uh, good luck to you and your team figuring out, uh, figuring out how this all needs to work. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. I'm Adam Elliott. He has been Anton sitting across the table in an appropriate social distance uh, span with Clorox wipes surrounding us. So we're being healthy here. And our our in-studio guest, who's actually our in-phone guest today, is uh, Brian Olson of Dale's Heating and Air. Uh, Brian, once again, thank you for joining us here. Um, thank you. One of the things that I hear about uh, in when they're talking about furnace efficiency these days is heating the room as opposed to heating the whole house like you there's ways to control which room is that something that can be like retrofitted in or does that have to be built when the house is you know when the furnace that, is installed that is usually something that would be done um and and anything can be done of course um but uh that would that would tend to be something that would be done during new construction if you want to do something like that gotcha. uh, some of these smart thermostats have uh room sensors um, where you can, uh, and, and that senses room, you know, the temperature in your master bedroom, the temperature in your basement, that kind of stuff. And you can even call those rooms occupied or, or not occupied. Mm-hmm. Um, EcoD uh, has a lot of sensors like that. Um, and that's how people uh, use I talked to a guy a couple of weeks ago. He's got like uh, got 11 sensors in his house. <laughs> um, and I'm like, all right, um, and he's having trouble. And I'm like, you know, maybe we just have too much going on, you know. <laughs> gotcha. um, but by all means, do it if you'd like. But uh, you know, that would be something that would be more during a new construction build. Gotcha. Uh, that's going to do something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's going to require not only different zones and different thermostats, but then a set of a set of motorized dampers inside yep. the ductwork that will close off certain rooms and open right. up others. Uh, the house, yep. the the last house that Rhonda built. Uh, Rhonda's got that fancy stuff, but even hers is, is different levels so that it's first, second, and third. Yeah, ba- and basement. that's the optimal way to do it. You know, when, when you go room by room, that's, it's, uh, it's overkill, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> but uh, like a, two, a two-story house, uh, it's a great system to have a, a zone for your first floor and a zone for your second floor because what happens in the summer, the second, the second floor is uh, X number of degrees hotter than the first floor. 
uh, we get calls uh, many times a week um, in these uh, newer developments um, that my uh, second floor is eight degrees hotter than my first floor. What can we do about that? Well, we should have, when they built the house, you should have had a zone system installed. Uh, but uh, as a solution right now, or a temporary uh, kind of a solution right now, we talked about fan efficiency. We can get an efficient fan, and we would just run our fan all the time uh, on constant fan to help balance that temperature. Not going to make up the six or eight degrees, but might make up two or three of those degrees no. uh, and make things a little more comfortable. Yeah, and, and it, it might take someone like you or me to give a homeowner a tour of their of their HVAC system and even show them how they can how they can utilizing the dampers in the basement and the dampers at the at the vents trick the furnace trick the furnace to running longer by closing off the you know there's there's ways you can there's ways you can do it where you can mm-hmm. get the upstairs yeah. to be cooler and the downstairs but even then you're going to get some temperature swings in between I'm sorry, Ben. Also, the, the deck work is sized accordingly for all of those openings to be open. So then you, you look at putting added uh, pressure on the system by closing things off. But it's it's a viable yeah. uh, option. You got that, that one bathroom on the first floor that's like a, a an ice box. Uh, you can probably close <laughs> that register off and blow some air somewhere else. I've been but, in that house. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> So if we're on the topic of air conditioning, I think as someone who sells the occasional older home, t- let's talk just for briefly before we get before we get too tired of, of heating and air conditioning. Let's talk about how can someone add air conditioning to a home that has hot water or radiant heat? Uh, a couple of ways. We, uh, the easiest way is uh, a mini split system. That's a, a wall mount unit uh, inside the room. Uh, it's got a compressor outside. You can hook multiple uh, indoor uh, units. They're, they're called heads, the indoor heads. You can hook multiple units up to a, one outside compressor, and then each of those indoor heads has a, uh, a remote control. So you tell it to be uh, this amount of degrees or 70 degrees in this room, but it'll be 70 degrees in that room. Nice thing about the mini split systems is they're also a heat pump. So when you're uh, running a boiler heat, or steam heat, it's very inefficient. Um, so a day like today, when we don't have a whole lot of heating demand, we can also use that mini split as our heating source and uh, heat our heat our heat that room uh, electrically. And for people who are who are one or or, or did not immediately have a photo of this in their mind, I would liken it yeah. a little bit to like something you'd see below the below the window at a hotel. And your suggestion of, of those that are in use likely better in a more open concept living space yes because, yep, that because it'll, it'll temper and dehumidify uh nicely and something like that yep let's talk about the less the not as easy option of a separate air conditioning system that's more of a central air where you can get them into all all the rooms and then you just have a central uh, return air to suck the air back and it doesn't sound, just from the tone of your voice, it doesn't sound like that's going to be your first go-to recommendation. Uh, well, it, it gives you central air. We, we've, this mini split technology has come a long ways. Um, and what I like to tell people is, you know, let's put, a, uh, let's put a head for your mini split in the living room and let's put one in the bedroom, in your master bedroom. And then let's balance things out from there. You got your ceiling fans that'll move some air around. It'll bring some air around. Uh, but more so, it's dehumidifying. So, 
uh, if we're dehumidifying the house, yeah, we're going to feel a lot more comfortable when we're, when we're lowering the humidity in the summer. So let's imagine we're looking at a 1,600-square-foot, two-story house. And you, we want to do a setup kind of like you just talked about there with a single condenser or a single compressor outside and two heads. What's the ballpark on yep. that? Uh, probably four or five grand, somewhere in there. Oh, yeah. See, that has come down quite to a add, bit. To add AC. That's... To add to add two, a two-head mini split. Yep. I th- and again, you're, you're not getting total central air. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're getting a lot, a lot better than no air conditioning. And you're having one out in the upstairs to uh, cool the second floor. And you got one down, downstairs on the first floor. Before we move on, let's compare, because I would imagine if we talk about an air handler and, and, a, and a, more, a more central air, like you talked about in your ranch, where you're a 1,500-square-foot ranch and you're dropping uh, ductwork into the, each of the rooms from the attic and you're putting a, a coil in an air handler in the attic space as well as a con- compressor outside, what are we thinking about that for a price? Well, that's a, that's a it's labor intensive, and and I recommend doing it in the winter or uh, not in the middle of summer. We're not going to. He does not want to be in your attic. This 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 ballpark pricing is going to be uh, dependent on we're doing it at a reasonable outside temperature, so it's not 170 degrees up in an attic. I am always being asked questions, like after they say, "Is this a load bearing wall?" <laughs> The next, the next question they asked me is how much would it cost to add AC? Right. Yeah. And, and, I, and I have a pretty good idea of that because I work with people like Brian that, well, this is going to be about the, the, everything is here. You're going to need the compressor outside and the A-coil in the plenum, 2500 bucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you need to yeah. do it with the boiler, well, then you're looking here. If you want to do something similar to central air, well, we just learned that costs a little bit more than two heads on a mini split. Listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. He is Ben Anton. My name is Adam Elliott. Our in-studio on-the-phone guest is Brian Olson of Dale's Heating and Air. Uh, Brian, uh, again, it's been a pleasure here talking to you. When it's time to replace the furnace, is it also time to replace the air conditioning? Yeah, if they're the same age, um, it's... Easy for me to say, yes, uh, from an installation procedure, it's easier just to rip everything out and, and put stuff back in. We're kind of set up from the factory to work together uh, at most efficient, you know, a new air conditioner and a new furnace and run efficiently together. Uh, do they have to be? No, they don't have to be. Uh, is it a good practice? Sometimes, yes, it is a good practice. So it's not like the thing when you replace a part on your car that, like, the other parts start to break apart. <laughs> no, no, not, not, not usually. Yeah. Not usually, no. <laughs> well, let's take, let's, take, let's take a break for Phil's phone in, and then we'll come back and, and, ask, and ask Brian one more thing. Hey, Ben. It's Phil with a view from beyond the 608. As just about everybody knows, it's been a wild ride in the stock market the past couple of weeks. With that in mind, I want to focus on two different topics today. The first, markets anticipate. Generally speaking, we're not trading yesterday's headlines, we're trading tomorrow's expectations. We saw a great example of that this past Thursday. At 7.30 a.m., the U.S. Department of Labor published initial jobless claims filings data for the week ending March 21st. The report showed 3 million claims 
an all-time record high by a huge margin. And yet right afterwards, we saw S&P 500 futures turn negative to positive and stocks close sharply higher on the day. Well, how'd that happen? Well, 3 million wasn't exactly a surprise. The consensus was probably closer to 2 million, but I had seen estimates ahead of time calling for 4 million. So 3 million, while a terrible number, was actually maybe a little bit better than the market's worst fears. And we're already on to thinking about next week's number. The consensus is somewhere between 2 and 3 million. In that fashion, at some point, most or all the bad news is in the market and the surprises accrue to the upside and not the downside. Okay, let's talk about part two. Everyone wants to know how and when this will end. One of my favorite market analysts, Dennis Gartman, is fond of saying, it'll be over when it's over and not a minute sooner. We don't know when it's going to end. But a couple of notes worth considering. We had pretty good fundamentals going into this mess. Critically, American households were not nearly as leveraged as they were ahead of the 2008-2009 financial crisis. The Federal Reserve and other agencies also learned a lot from the 2008-2009 crisis, namely, go big and go early. Last week's massive intervention into markets to provide liquidity and the massive stimulus act demonstrated the federal government's willingness to do just about anything to keep things going. That boosts confidence. None of that tells us about when this is going to end, but let's look back at 2008-2009. Lehman Brothers went bankrupt in September of 2008. In about eight weeks, most of the damage in the stock market was done, but we actually bottomed out in March 2009, with the market down about 50% from the pre-Lehman levels. It took 18 months or so for us to get back to those pre-Lehman levels. So six months down, 18 months back. One last thought in conclusion. Don't underestimate human and American ingenuity. One of the best headlines I saw over the past couple of weeks went like this. Chicago restaurant offers free roll of toilet paper with $25 carryout orders. That's the kind of spirit that'll tide us through when the virus starts to fade and our lives start to resume. That's all for now, Ben. This is Phil with a view from beyond the 608. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. Find us online at inthe608.com. My name is Adam Elliott. Ben Anton is right across the table from me. And, you know, I'd say he's a red phone, but he's I know he's a human being on the other end of that phone because the red phone is what we have in studio today. But Brian Olson is our guest from uh, Dale's Heating and Air. Uh, Brian, once again, thank you for joining us. Uh, we'd like to talk about one more thing, though. If I get my furnace serviced every year, like the home inspector and probably most furnace guys would tell me to do. And your dad will tell you to do that too, right? <laughs> is that really going to pay for itself? Uh, what that's going to save you is it's going to save you a, a Saturday night visit um, to do something that is maintenance-related. There's not much that we don't oil motors anymore. You know, I can listen to motors. I can say, well, this thing might be having problems here. Uh, but the fact is, 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 is a motor's going to go out when it's going to go out. Um, but your drain trap in your furnace can be cleaned in uh, October or September a lot cheaper than it can be cleaned uh, on Christmas night at 10 o'clock at night. So that is the uh, preventable maintenance we're 
not going to have that that service call that that could have been taken care of uh, earlier. So really, what I'm hearing you say is no. <laughs> but but it'll save you peace of mind. It's like it's like it's a little peace bit of mind, peace of mind goes a long way. Yeah. It's like it's like a piece of equipment, you get a ten year warranty on it, that is peace of mind. You won't have to pay for a part for that for ten years. Yeah. It's that same la- it's that same four hundred bucks that's gonna buy you that intangible mm-hmm. comfort. That's right. <laughs> it's the same idea. But um and I'm I'm gonna plug myself here. I'm gonna plug and I'm gonna plug the idea of a of a clean and check. Um we had uh, months ago. We had Steve Pipson on mm-hmm. from Focus on Energy. Uh, I think at that time I, I was already what is called a Focus on Energy ambassador. Right. Uh, any of the agents at the Lauer Realty Group, you work with them. They are Focus on Energy ambassadors. You buy a house, you're going to get a voucher so that you can give your voucher to Brian and Brian can come and give you a free cleaning check because it's yep. like a $150 voucher from, from Focus on Energy. And they're going to give you some other stuff too, so uh, the free faucet head or power strip or whatever. Yeah, it's not small potatoes. That's worth it. Yeah. Where can people find you, Brian? If they say, I really like that Brian guy. I, I, I saw his darling daughter Olivia on the television. I want to work mm-hmm. with him. How are they going to look you up? Uh, galefeeding.com is the website. Um, we're on all of the, obviously, uh, Angie's List, all the lead generators, uh, but galefeeding.com is the uh, website. All right. Well, fantastic. Thank you again, Brian. Yeah, thanks for your candor today. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No, it's and, been a pleasure. Uh, you guys, uh, be well. We, yeah, you be well. Wash your hands. And, and as I understand, to give you a little, uh, uh, Brian is, is essential. And while he sent, sure. we are available. While, while he sent his guys home, uh, so that so that they don't have to take the risks, he's still out there taking service calls for people who need him. We had a uh, we had a replacement furnace this morning. Uh, came up yesterday. The guy needs you. Everybody needs you. So uh, we're available to available to help, and obviously taking all the precautions that are um, recommended. And I will tell you, it's an eye opener moving forward. Uh, let's all keep these practices that we're working on yeah. now as in washing our hands and sanitizing and all that kind it's of stuff. It's almost kind of awkward to, to watch television, like something that was even just like a movie <laughs> or a show, and you're like, dude, they're touching everything. I know, right? They are touching. <laughs> oh, my God, they're touching that. And then they touch our face. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, it is it is a whole new a whole new time. And we thank you for joining us for a little bit of it, uh, Ryan. Uh, ben, you guys take care. All right, thank Thanks. you. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. He's Ben Anton. Our in-studio guest has been Brian Olson of Dale's Heating and Air. But, Ben, what was that? That was that was a good amount of furnace talk. That was a lot of furnace. I didn't know we could talk so much about furnaces. But we learned some you want to stay warm, right? And we you want to stay, stay warm. cool in the summertime, too. And they, this is the guy that does it. One of the takeaways, I, I told you, everybody always wants to know, is this a load-bearing wall? And the other <laughs> right. question. I am asked of any home without air conditioning is how much would it cost to add air conditioning? And and Brian and a lot of the guys I like are people that will at least just shoot a number just from the give hip. you something, yeah, give you something to work with. It might, it might be a little bit more, it might be a little bit less. But we talked about one of the more efficient ways to add air conditioning to a to a home with. Uh, hot water or uh, steam heat, mm-hmm. and that was what's called a mini split in the four to five thousand dollar range. And then we talked about even more sophisticated stuff can go up to the six to seven thousand dollar right, range. Right, and that would be more akin to a central air where there is an air handler 
ductwork in the attic, a system of delivery completely separate from the heat and the hot water. And did he give us a ballpark of like what a heating system or what replacing a furnace would cost as well? We didn't talk about that, but we talked about my furnace. Yeah. And it was a, a swap out. So mm-hmm. just the old unit out, new unit in. I went with a 95% efficient, mm-hmm. not all the bells and whistles for a house my size, 2800 bucks. 2800 Okay. Could have gone to $3,200 for those... Extra bells and whistles, and what we talked about is some kind of intangible comfort features. Mm-hmm. Another key number he threw out there is yours was 17 years old. He said that was kind of middle of the road. Yeah. Uh, so a furnace can go longer. It might go shorter. Hopefully right. And he said at, at that age, you are going to have to make a judgment call. Do, yeah. I, do I make a $425 repair mm-hmm. or do I... Go for the new one. The real question is that he kind of stuck to this, although I think he he delivered the answer, is like, will those maintenance visits pay for themselves? And I think what he was saying was the answer is, it won't necessarily pay for you over the life of it, but if you ha- it'll save some peace of mind. You won't have to make a call at midnight on Christmas Eve and to he, get your furnace fixed. And because he's the guy that gets those calls, right. uh, he knows... <laughs> He knows they happen. Yeah. Okay, uh, we should talk about the newsletter. It's the 22nd, 22nd read. We're all at home. A lot of us are at home. The mm-hmm. last one I wrote, that was it might have taken somebody three or five minutes to get through. Mm-hmm. But it's a one it's a one page, if it was on paper. Comes on the 22nd of each month and, and written in easy-to-digest segments, taking no longer than 20 seconds to read. You get some things like the market update, some thoughts about what's happening in the market, uh, as well as a few mentions from the podcast and an in-case-you-missed-it kind of a situation. Uh, but a great way to stay in mm-hmm. touch and to have your fingers on the pulse. Very nice. You, you can sign up for that at, uh, at in the 608com All right. Another big thanks going out to Brian Olson of Dale's Heating and Air. We'll have his contact information posted on the website that yes, you can find. we will. Our in-studio slash on-phone guest today as we are social distancing because of coronavirus. But we uh, did hear some audio samples from uh, a lot of local in the 608 musicians. Renclaw. L. Donk, Bob Westfall, Seesaw, and the Mad City Chug Band. You've been listening. I, you know to what? Today. Mm-hmm. I I also want to say thank you to Chris. He's in a band. I can't. Oh. It's a cool band. I can't right? remember the name. Chris Kelly Schultz from down the street. Because we have three mics now that all require phantom power. Uh huh. Oh, is that, uh, we're using musicians' equipment this is, this, right here. That's, this, see, we're only six feet apart, but you can see there's 30 feet of cable <laughs> uh, stacked on the table. The nice fancy red one comes from from Chris Kelly Schultz down the street, and whatever the name of his band, I don't remember. We'll we'll plug it next time. Uh, also, thanks to Heather, Allen, and Stefan for our loyal listeners Damn right. from last time. Too. Our we, three that just knowing the three of you are out there makes this all worth it. Hey, we appreciate it. We'll take we'll take anything. So uh, thank you, and thank you for listening uh, to this podcast. And Ben, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, everybody, and be well. Thank you for listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast for homeowners, home buyers, landlords, tenants, people who just want to be better at living in a home. If you can't get enough Real Estate in the 608 between episodes, like us on Facebook at In the 608. Or visit inthe608.com for archived episodes and show notes. Remember, until you tell us, we don't know. 
We appreciate your listening, as well as your ratings and reviews at your favorite podcast portal. We also welcome feedback and topic suggestions via emails to ben at benanton.com. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a backup when you're calling my name. Come on, baby, won't you keep me safer than that high score on that pinball game? You're always playing at your favorite arcade. Could be taking names, and we could be record breaking. Come on, baby, won't you buy me flowers with that money spent on whiskey sours that you're buying at those wasted hours? And come on, baby, won't you talk me sweet? Instead, I'm staring at this empty seat because you got someone else you'd rather me And we could be So I'm singing you this waiting song.